Before we begin, I'd like to make a few points about the metta practice so that when you get to places that I'm going to describe, then you'll understand why it's like that and what to do when, it, when you get to that particular uh, grouping of conditions. For a lot of people, it's uh, hard to do the metta practice because of the repetition of the words. So I want to uh, help you understand that even when we just do the repetition of the words, it helps us in our practice. It develops a kind of concentration so that the mind can go to those particular phrases over and over again. And in time, that concentration develops a force field where a lot of the, uh, the hindrances can't come into that force field. Because of the repetition of the words, the mind can get very still, and so there's an absence of restlessness. Because of the repetition of the words, if we put energy into it, then the mind can stay alert. We can infuse energy into the mind so there can be an absence of that sloth and torpor. When it develops this kind of field of strength and uh, it keeps the other hindrances out as well, you'll see that aversion can't come in very easily. Attachment to how we think it should be doesn't come in very easily. Even doubt, because the mind is very clear about what's happening. We're just repeating these words over and over again. And it's very clear that this is all that's happening. Then doubt doesn't come in to that field. So just the repetition of the words is uh, very good to do in this practice. It helps us to develop our vipassana practice as well. A lot of times in my own practice, there wasn't the feeling of metta that came up, but I was quite satisfied with that. I could just keep repeating the words. That was good enough. And in time, I would see that the force field of concentration that's created kept the hindrances at bay. And so in time, I could really feel the strength of metta coming through. So that's one aim of the metta practice. Another aim of the metta practice is to incline the mind towards goodwill, to make a habit pattern of that, to incline the mind towards gentleness and softening so that we become friends with those uh, habit patterns of our own mind, the habit patterns of others that we see. We become more gentle, become more friendly about them. Because of this friendliness and this gentleness and this kind of feeling of safety that we can get from the heart being open, expansive, willing to see things in a way uh, that we don't usually see without pushing back at them, uh, when we see something in our lives or the lives of others, we're, we're just able to accept what's going on we also begin to accept deeper layers of our own being. So for some of you, may, you may be experiencing some very deep feelings of bitterness or anger or feelings that you might not have felt in a long time or ever felt before. 
And this is because there's an atmosphere, an inner atmosphere of safety that's developed. And you think, you might think, oh, I'm not supposed to be feeling this. I'm supposed to be feeling metta. But it's because of metta that these deeper layers tend to come out in the mind and in the heart. And so as we bring gentleness to other people in our lives, we bring them to these very feelings, these feelings of anger, resentment, these feelings of not being good enough, these feelings of being better than another. So when we really see that clearly, our hearts can soften around that place. When these emotions come up, it's really good just to stop and bring the metta to yourselves. Wherever you're at in the practice, just bring that soft, gentle, loving attention to your own heart. And that's where to be at that time. You may need to be there for a while or for the whole practice. That's okay. So go back to yourselves anytime you need to. Anytime you feel like it's overwhelming, bring that loving kindness, that gentle touch to your own heart. In a way, you see when those places are coming up, they're really asking to be recognized. They're asking just to be received and known with that gentle loving kindness. So we're developing goodwill towards everything, even towards those places in our own hearts that are hard to bear. So whenever it becomes difficult, just go back to yourself. And if that's difficult, pick someone that you can easily open your heart to. Go back to a benefactor or an animal friend or a small child. You can even go, I know this was one of the questions, you can even go to someone who has passed away if it keeps your heart open. Not if you're going into grief about that person, but if you can really just keep your heart open with balance when you remember somebody that has passed away that you've had your uh, habit of keeping your heart open to, then you can go there with that person. So let's begin the practice now. So again, let's start out by bringing our attention to the body. Just sensing the whole body sitting here. This is good as a way of grounding the attention in something very stable. Noticing the posture, making those subtle adjustments that help you be relaxed yet alert. Bringing the attention around the heart center, around the physical heart, said that the base of the mind is around the physical heart. If it helps you, you can put one or two hands right on your heart area. Some people feel their heart a lot in their hands because it's a place that we give a lot from our hands. 
breathing in and out from that area. Natural breath, not forcing it in any way. Let it be light and shallow when it's light and shallow, as long as you're getting enough oxygen. Let it go at different rhythms as it's natural for your own body-mind. Now begin with the first person that's easiest for you. Yourself, a benefactor. Just make your intention of having a sense of who it is, turning your mind, heart in that direction. If you're choosing oneself, See if it helps you to remember oneself as a child. That purity of when we were children, of being able to give, being able to receive. Or just as you are here now. changing the words when you need to, if you're working with a benefactor. And now take some time to reflect on this being, yourself or this benefactor, in a way that opens the heart of gratitude about the blessings we have in our own lives, in our own hearts, or about our connection with another person. Gratitude is a form of metta, loving kindness. And then using the words or phrases appropriate for yourself or this other person. Letting go of the phrases that don't work in that relationship. Using just one or two phrases. And in the quietness between the times I'm speaking to remind you, just repeat quietly reminding yourself to incline the heart and mind towards loving-kindness in relationship to oneself or another person. May I be safe and protected from all harm. Putting the words to memory if you haven't yet. Safe and protected 
May I be peaceful and happy. May my body be a vehicle for liberation. May my heart be at ease, no matter what's happening. Now use the phrases that keep you on track. Just one or two will do. Use your own timing your own rhythm. Offering oneself goodwill. Whenever you've realized you've spaced out, just begin again.
remaining with yourself if you choose to, or moving on to the next individual, a benefactor. And always go back to yourself if ever you need to. Choosing someone now who has benefited you. And then see if you can have a clear sense of who it is, a visual sense or a felt sense. Silently saying that person's name can help. If you're having a hard time choosing, just choose the one that's most in the foreground. And then take some time to reflect about this person, how this person has benefited you, the gratitude in your heart for them. Doesn't have to be an elder, can be a younger person, our own children, grandchildren. And then offering goodwill, loving-kindness to this person. If it helps you, you can picture both of you in a setting that helps you keep your mind alert and alive, awake. Maybe you're taking a hike together. You're sitting at your kitchen table, perhaps. can get creative. And then using the words and phrases that help you connect your heart to theirs. Making your offering without attachment to result. What is your deepest wish for this person? Use your own words.
Moving on to the next individual, a dear friend or a loved one. Having a sense of who it is you're choosing. Sometimes the first one that comes to mind is the best one. Have a sense of who it is in a visual way or a felt sense way. Remember something about this person that opens your heart. Some quality you appreciate. And if you're the visual type, see if you can envision them in a setting that makes you feel comfortable when offering your goodwill. Relaxed and at ease, natural. Maybe in a place you've been with that person. And using the phrases that connect your heart to theirs. A sense of giving yourself, your heart, your metta to that person. Use the phrases that work for you. Make up your own if you need to.
when the words don't come anymore, just rest your attention at your heart center. Allowing your gentle breath to offer. May you be safe, peaceful, Now moving on to the next individual. You can remain where you are as well. Choosing another person in the same category, a dear friend, a family member. A loved one. Have a sense of who it is. Knowing that there will be other days to choose other people. Just relaxed with whoever comes up is at the foreground. And then as a way of vivifying that person in the field of our own heart and minds, again remembering something about them, a situation that opened your heart, something you know of this person, their generosity, their kindness, Keep their goodness in the foreground. Whatever else comes up, let it be in the background. 
Now envision them or sense them in a place, in a setting that helps you be very relaxed and comfortable about offering your goodwill to them. Where would that be? Maybe it's a place you remember from the past. And using the simple words that bring metta to your own heart that you can genuinely offer to them. What is your deepest wish for this person? Whenever tears come from the softening of your heart, just allow that to happen. It's quite natural. letting go of the words when you need to, resting in the breath at the heart center. Allowing your breath to carry that intention, radiating out to that person.
Now holding that particular person in the field of your metta, (coughs) allowing them to remain there. And beside that person, put your other dear friend, your loved one. It takes a little concentration. You can do it. If you can't see those two together, just with intention, say their names silently. And then on the other side of that person, put your benefactor. Then making your offering to all of them together without distinction, without preference, just radiating loving kindness to all of them, including yourself. Just as I wish to be safe, may you all be safe. Just as I wish to be peaceful, may you all be peaceful. Use your own words. Now in your own timing, expand that field to include those around you. And then going out as far and wide as you can go in the next few minutes. Stopping wherever you stop. coming back to your own heart center. 
So we're again grounded in our own bodies and minds and hearts. Breathing in and out from the heart center. And sharing the merit of all of this beneficial energy that we've developed in our own hearts and around us. Sharing the merit with our loved ones just by intention. With all of our fellow yogis here. By the sharing of this merit May all beings be happy. May all beings be peaceful. May all beings be liberated. So what are the phrases that help you? If anybody wants to share their own phrases that always helps the others. It might be the phrases that are traditionally used, um, but I like to know too. Yes. Yeah. You. I like the acronym SHE. She. Safe, safe, happy, healthy, at ease. Safe, healthy, happy, at ease, the acronym SHE. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Safe, healthy, happy, ease, at ease. Yeah. That's what helps you remember, too. Great. That's good. Yes. I like strong and sure-footed. Strong and sure-footed. Mm, that sounds really stable. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is she Sharon? Yeah. Um, may I be happy. May I be peaceful. May I be safe. May I be free. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. May I be safe. May I be free. Yeah. It has a cadence to it that's very settling. Mm-hmm. In back, you, yes. Mm-hmm. May you love yourself unconditionally in this present moment. That's, that's a great heart opener. Yeah. Thank you. Anything on this side? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I sing them to myself. Sometimes I add a tune because it helps me lighten my heart. And, Adding a tune. And, and uh-huh. kind of gets me into a, a flow of it. Yeah. So it's actually a lot of fun to do with children. Good. So mm-hmm. It's fine, yeah, if, you, if it lightens your heart even better. Mm-hmm. Yes? I find that I, I wait 
you wait after saying, may I be safe and protected? Until I have that feeling. Until you have that feeling, right. And then it's easier then to stay in the feeling meaning of the other phrases. It's easier to stay in the feeling meaning of the other phrases. Yeah, that's good. And it's, it's good to, if you don't have that feeling, but you can still go on because it's unconditional, even when, when we don't have the feeling. But that's what helps you, so that's what's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned you'd give us symbols. To, do you have symbols? The, yeah, the symbols. The symbols I gave in the, the time I was here, the day before yesterday, was the wellspring. Yeah, that was the wellspring. The other symbol um, is the, the breath. And it can just be the intention of offering. Um, so for me, it's like when the breath goes in, it gathers that intention from my heart. And when the breath goes out, it spreads that intention. It radiates that intention. I just have a visual of that person it's radiating to. Yeah, the vortex. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sometimes for people, I just want to expand that. Um, sometimes for people, it's a light. Sometimes for people, it's a particular color. Yeah. And sometimes for people, it's not here. It's from the hands. And for you too. Because I feel it hands and heart. You feel it hands and heart. It's like a circle and a Yeah. So that's your symbol. That's your symbol. And sometimes it's good to go to our symbol because the words can't come anymore or they're too heady or something. Yeah. Good. Yes, from the gentleman back there. May all beings have ease of mind. May all beings have comfort of heart. May all beings live in love and compassion. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's great. Another man. Another male. <laughs> Way back there, uh, in the middle. Um, I just really like the, the more, like for me, I've always had trouble coming up with something, but I like the uh, starting with just general safety, which you never explain. Safety. Health success. Oh, great. Yeah. No, that's really good. It, whatever makes your heart open, and whatever, wherever you feel, it's really coming genuinely from your heart. I'm always trying to get Steve up here, you know. <laughs> He's developing his meta. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the words he uses are more like Grateful Dead phrases, you know. <laughs> Let your love light shine and all of that. He gets really into that. Uh, we always like, I, when we teach together, it's always like I'm holding the middle and he holds, holds the two ends of the retreat. So I'm so grateful I don't have to come at 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> but really, you know, when he shares the merit in the evening, that's, that's metta, sharing the merit. And when we share the merit with those who have passed away, that's actually a, a meta expression. 
when you share the merit with those who are not here with us anymore, who have passed away. That's a way of offering metta to those who have passed away. Yeah. May you live your life on this earth with joy and ease of well-being. Yeah. I really like hearing what you say. Yeah. Yes, back there, you had during the purple shirt. May you, if we're happy, may you know, may you know delight and joy. May you know delight and joy for happy. That's what you use for happy. Yeah, a little more specific for you. And may you have fun. Uh-huh. Sure. We need more of that in our life. Yes, back there. Um, I teach Metta to GLBT kids on Thursday nights. Oh, great. Thank you. And Thank uh, you. They've never heard the phrases like that before. I've ever said it to themselves. And it just totally blows their mind and opens them up. And they sink right into it. They've never heard the phrases like that before. Yeah, nobody's ever said that to them before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, right. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. You all have permission to teach metta <laughs> to anybody you like, to your families, to the groups around you, to your, um, to your community. You all have complete permission to do that. So are there any questions about uh, the metta, how to do, questions you have about it, the principles of it? Just want to take time to clarify that. You know, as you go along, you'll just learn, you'll understand more about it. And um, if we try to impart everything in, in one or two sessions, it just is overwhelming. So taking it little by little is good. Yeah. Yeah. Where did metta come from? Yeah, the story is that it came from the Buddha uh, when a time, during a time when the bhikkhus or the monks had gone out to a forest to do their practice. And they came back and they said, oh, we can't, we can't do the, the metta here because there are beings in the forest that are causing all kinds of uh, disturbance. They heard all kinds of noise, scary noises, and they were sending certain, uh, you know, smells out. And they were they were not beings that you could see. They were beings that lived in the forest there, invisible beings to the human eye. And so they went back to the Buddha, and the Buddha said, "You should go back, and when you go back, you should offer goodwill to all of them." to offer safety, may you feel safe and at ease, may you be happy and peaceful. And when the, those beings really felt um, that goodwill in the hearts of the people that were there, they actually felt more at ease and they welcomed them to the forest to, to uh, do their practice there. So they had them be part of their, of their family there. So they were able to stay without hearing all those scary noises and smelling all those awful smells. And like Manindra, one of our teachers says, is, um, you may not believe it, 
but it's true. <laughs> there are beings like that, that sometimes in, in offering the metta, I try to include those beings, you know, beings that we can't see, the invisible beings, beings seen and unseen. In fact, in the Mahasi Seidao, our grandfather teacher, what, says one of the uh, preparations, preparation steps before doing vipassana is actually to offer loving kindness to all the beings that you can't see that live on your land when you're doing metta in your house. They want to be included too. And um, Manindra says they don't eat food. <laughs> you know, but what they eat is, is the nectar from your loving kindness. That's what nourishes them. Okay, so have a wonderful evening. Thank you. <laughs>